Hey everyone, today we cozy up with Lillian Tung. She is the co-founder and CMO of Fur, a body care company that aims to fight the stigma against pubic hair. Lillian Tung founded Fur in 2014 with her childhood best friend, Laura Schubert, when they realized there was a gap in the market for clean pubic hair products. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. We are cozying up with Lillian Tung. She's the founder and CMO of Fur. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to sit down with you and uh, chat all things beauty and jewelry. Yeah, of course. Um, So Fur is a body care company that is focused on pubic hair, right? Yeah, well, that's really how we uh, put our name on the map when we started in 2015 or 2016, which is when the products launched. Uh, So yes, our signature product was designed specifically for pubic hair and our entire range is for pubic hair and skin. But at the end of the day, we are a body care brand. The way we view body care is that everything that we make at Fur should be safe and effective enough for your pubic hair and skin, but also you know, good enough to use everywhere else on your body, which is why everything is dermatologically and gynecologically tested. Amazing. When you were a child, what did you imagine yourself to be when you grew up? Like when people asked you, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did, what did you say? When I was young, definitely I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. Um, which I think is really funny because now I, um, well, after a year of going through homeschooling my two kids, well, one who's in school and the other one who's not, um, I definitely don't have the chops to be a teacher. Thank goodness I'm not a teacher. And I have huge kudos to all the teachers out there who have done it all in person and remote. Um, my younger self, yeah, I couldn't have been a teacher. A teacher. Amazing. So how, what was your journey like from, you know, thinking that you might want to be a teacher when you were younger to founding, being a founder of this body care, skincare company? Like, what was that journey like? So my journey in beauty, I think, is not so surprising, meaning that I ended up founding a company Mm -hmm. in beauty um, because my first internship was at Bobby Brown Cosmetics you know, my sophomore year in college. Um, that's when I really like discovered that I love the whole ethos of what beauty means for the individual user and not as a projection of what other people should be. And I think that's very in- inherent in the heritage of even Bobby Brown Cosmetics. After that, I continued in my business background. Um, I went to investment banking. I went into marketing at a magazine at Time Inc., And then went to business school. And at business school, I really realized that, you know what, I should get back to my sort of professional beginnings of beauty and went into marketing at L'Oreal, which is, you know, the biggest beauty company in the world. Um, And when I spent my time there, I worked on a variety of products, brands, and really learned a lot from a traditional marketing perspective in traditional beauty. Um, And that's when Laura came to me after I was there for over three years. Laura came to me with this idea for how about we think about pubic hair care? It's never been thought about before. There's a, you know, she was like, personally, we should be thinking about how, you know, anyone, 
can and wants to take care of themselves and use body hair as a natural expression of, you know, how they view their body. It's a body positivity angle that's been lacking for, you know, this entire time where body hair was shamed. And it's time there is a company that sticks like stands up for that. And and Laura's your childhood friend and your coworker, right? And my co-founder, yes. So, so Laura is my co-founder. She is the CEO of the company. She and I have been best friends since we were 12. We went to middle school together. We went to high school together. We went to college together. Wow. Then we even coincidentally went to grad school together, um, which is really, yeah, you, you can't even plan that those things. So it, it just all happened like that. And then, of course, she was like, she had this beauty idea. And she was like, well, who do I know in beauty? Happens to be her best friend who's in beauty. Um and so we decided to come together in 2015 to work on this idea, dismantling the taboo against body hair and pubic hair. And that's the part that's sort of more surprising from a career perspective, which is, you know, to take beauty and flip it on its, flip it on its head on totally. all the existing standards. Yeah, because I was talking to Natalie about it. I... I don't think I've ever discussed pubic hair with anyone before. Like openly, it's just something that, you know, you don't talk about, you just take care of and you move on. And I think it's like, why don't you talk about that? Why do you talk about like shaving your legs or like getting your eyelashes done and all of that? It's just another part of your body, but it is stigmatized. And I think, you know, you grow up being like, oh, I need to like just Mm -hmm. get rid of it, right? Right. Like that was the only definition of care, which is like when we launched, we're like pubic hair and Google would autofill removal, removal, removal. There was never any opportunity to discover any sort of like other realms of care as it relates to body hair. And I agree that everyone, you'll have a conversation about your head hair. You'll have a conversation about your manicure. And it's not about having like, you know, an argumentative conversation like a debate with, you know, someone who's a a deeply loyal, you know, pubic hair remover or someone who's like, you know, the bush is back. For fur, it's not about, you know, taking one stance or the other and trying to like tell the other person they're wrong. It's more about having that conversation that says, you know, what do you do? What do I do? How do I want to change it? Do I even, do I care? And if I do care, how do I care? Um, same way, you know, you would never get in a combative argument <laughs> with someone about, you know, their head hair care. Well, I imagine most people wouldn't. Um, it should just be an open place to have a discussion. Yeah. So so is is the bush back? For some people and for some people it's not. I think what's back <laughs> is the ability to define what you want for your pubic area and body mm-hmm. hair, whether it is to grow out your underarm hair sometimes or shave it sometimes or all the time or laser everything off. I think now is the time in which no one is shamed for their body hair choices. Or it's not now is the time we're moving in that direction because there is still a ways to go about not shaming people Definitely. in their body hair direction. And I think that I have seen a trend of more women embracing like armpit hair, like hairy legs. I have seen a trend towards being a little bit like more natural than, you know, lasering your whole body. So I have noticed that in the past, I don't know, couple of years that there ha- we have been leaning towards, you know, different definitions of like body hair and beauty in that sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yep. What is it like working with your best friend? 
Are there challenges? Are there great things? What's like, what are like the best and worst things about it? There are very few worst things about it. Okay. I think, okay. The best things are, there are a lot of best things about it. Um, you, we have a very honest working relationship and we always have been, meaning if we disagree, we disagree. Um, and no personal hard feelings are, you know, there's no hard feelings there. Um, we work very differently. She has her strengths and I have my strengths and we also know what the strengths are. So you're not sort of figuring it out as you go, though I have learned a lot about her working style and she has learned a lot about my working style over the years. Um, that maybe the two sort of downsides are one, because we're so comfortable with each other. Um, when we have new team members who are not used to this dynamic, it can seem a little like it can throw them off a little bit because it may look like quote unquote, mom and dad are fighting or mom and mom are fighting, but we're not. And so people, you know, that they're like, Oh no, like, you know, did, was that idea that they're now debating? Was it like a horrible idea? And it's like, no, 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 we're, that's just how we like, you know, decide on what we want to do. Um, maybe the second other thing is we spend so much time with each other that sometimes we're like, we want to also spend non-work time together. And then you're like, oh, but we've like spent so much time together. But honestly, like we've been pretty good about differentiating the work time versus the personal time. Because also the personal time we have kids. So our kids hang together and our husbands are friends. Like that's personal time. And so it's, it's pretty distinct. Um, but my last thought is she's my best friend and we've worked so well together and it's been an amazing relationship. That being said, I feel like a lot of, I don't know what your situation is like with founders or co-founders, just because they're your friend. Like my advice to people is just because they're your friend or your best friend doesn't mean that they're the best person to work with. Totally. We got lucky. Um, but yeah, I've heard a lot of other experiences with best friends that are exactly. not Exactly. Like uh, I know I don't think I could work with any of my best friends in that type of capacity, but I do work with my husband. So I have a lot of he's my co-founder. So I have a lot of respect for like what he's good at and what I'm good at. And it's also the same thing about like separating, you know, personal time and work time because it can blend together a lot. <laughs> Oh my God, I can't imagine. Yeah, you probably want, like could be working all the time then with each yeah. other. Um. <laughs> we got to set those boundaries. Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. Um, what was one of the most challenging moments when founding for? Definitely the whole quote unquote taboo around pubic hair, pubic, any discussion. I mean, that was pervasive across all sorts of channels that we were working in. So whether it was when Laura was trying to find chemists and she was like, I wanted to create, I want to create a pubic hair oil. They'd hang up on her because they thought that she was a prank caller. Like this whole, like, that doesn't make any sense. That's gross. Then we would talk to retailers and they'd be like, you know, we love your product. We love your branding. The formulas are great, but you got to take the word pubic off the front of your box. We're like, well, like these are big retailers. I mean, they must know something. Should we do that? And so that was really a moment of doubt. And, you know, we sort of stuck to our guns there and didn't remove it. And all of our packaging still says pubic. And uh, 
we had, and so those people turned us away then, <laughs> not anymore. And of course, the same thing with press, you know, there were definitely the press who understood our mission and were right there with us from the start. And others who were like, mm, that's not a very, you know, pretty category to talk about. I don't think people really want to hear about it. Like there's not an opportunity to write about it. We're not, we don't really take you seriously. You know, down to even now, sometimes there are people who say, oh, this is disgusting. I can't believe, you know, like on our social media, people will try to like come after um, whether it's our own content or even, for example, we did a partnership with Alok. And when they talked about, you know, their experience in the transgender community uh, and how body hair was really such a uh, such a salient point to how they view sort of their own body positivity moment and self-development. I mean, on that post in and of itself, there were so many people shaming them about the body hair. So it was worse then. It's made a lot of strides now, but it still remains the biggest challenge. And what made you both stick to your guns so hard when everyone was giving you advice to, you know, maybe the product was great, but just take out this word, but you guys stuck to it. Why? Oh, it's so hard. It's really hard. We had, I don't know how many hours we'd spent debating that. Another one of those like debates, which is why it's good. <laughs> she and I are so comfortable with each other. Um, at the end of the day, a product is a product, but it doesn't exist without, you know, a reason to be there. And our reason to be there is to destigmatize the outdated taboo against pubic hair and body hair. And so if you're, you know, we felt that if we back down on that, then you're going to keep backing down. And if fur is not going to stand for this, then who's, who's going to stand for it? And how is, how are we, how could we ever encourage people to have an open conversation about their bodies if we can't be open and upfront, you know, from a brand perspective, but you know, that's like succinct at the end of the day, it was not like, it, it took a long time to really get there because of like the back and forth and be like, oh my gosh, but that would be a lot of money if they, you know, gave us a purchase order for all those units. But you know, that's yeah. a short-term game for long-term harm, honestly. Yeah. And so you're a mother of two and a founder of a business. How do you, I know people say like, how do you balance it or how do you make it work? Do you have any advice for working women or aspiring founders that are also mothers trying to do it all? I think honesty is really important uh, as one as a woman founder of with two girls, like I have a full-time nanny because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and my older one is normally in school. So that's really important. Before I embarked on this journey, my husband and I sat down and we we're like, you know, I had his full support because it's like, you know, next weekend I will be away all weekend on a shoot. I have to travel. Like, how do you feel about, you know, parenting and of course, you know, very supportive. And it sounds silly. It's like, of course your partner should be supportive. Yes, of course they should be supportive. But if you don't have a supportive partner, then I'm sorry, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Um, and so that open and honest conversation you have with your partners, like your, your husband or whoever your partner is also your support system around you. And also just knowing, um, you're not going to be as around for your kids and you'll feel guilty no matter what, but that's, you'll feel, you'll feel guilty. Either you feel like you're shortchanging your business or you're shortchanging your kids. And that's also the reality. Um, I believe deeply in, you know, sharing that with 
anyone who's thinking about it and not painting it in like a very filtered Instagram light. Yeah. But now that my daughter's four and a half, she's (laughs) obsessed with fur. It's like one of the first (laughs) words she learned how to read and write. And she now makes her own products and says, mommy, you can launch this one and does like a product lineup and is like writes fur on it and tells me it's a beauty product. Um, So I do see, you know, the, the, how it's sort of inspiring her. That's so, that's so cute. It's pretty cute. What is like a piece of advice you would give to an aspiring female entrepreneur, like a takeaway? Yeah, that's uh, this is one I also try to remind myself. You will never be 100% prepared for anything, whether it's the smallest of launches or making a decision within the company or even deciding to start something. You should have the confidence to know that you will figure it out. And when so just no one is at 100% before they take a decision. Um, So sometimes, no, always you will have to take a leap of faith. And yeah, that's, that's my advice. That's really good advice. (laughs) I'm not 100% comfortable with doing this, but I should be, you're not 100% confident of taking that decision or making that decision, but you should be 100% confident that you will figure it out while Mm -hmm. you're in the process of doing it. That's the confidence that I think I want people to remember when they take a leap. Exactly. Because you'll have, you know, curveballs and experiences that you've never faced before, challenges that you've never experienced. But I always say like, I'll figure it out. I'll find a way, you know, <laughs> that's what I've learned like along the way. So I think right? that's really Isn't it good. True? It's like, you'll figure it out or you'll talk to some other founder who might've done it before you, or you'll Google it or you'll just, <laughs> you know, I feel like a lot of it is, you know, common sense and we are consumers and we're, you know, of a certain ability to think. Mm-hmm. And so you can think through a problem, even if you're in the middle of it. I mean, don't go into a, a decision like being completely unprepared, you know, somewhere around like, you know, 30 to 80 percent prepared. <laughs> and just know you'll figure out the rest of it. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit. So as you know, we are a jewelry company and um, I see your beautiful jewels. Um, I've been admiring on our video chat. Um, I was just wondering, (laughs) what is um, a piece of jewelry that is like super special and sentimental to you and you know why? Can I talk about two pieces of jewelry? Of course. Okay. So we joke, but my right hand is for my mom and my left hand is for my husband. So obviously on my left hand, I have my wedding band and my engagement ring and my engagement ring. I mean, every time I look at it, I just remember the moment he proposed Mm -hmm. and how it's like this. I was truly surprised and actually had been yelling at him 30 minutes before it just happened. And, you know, and that was, oh. 14, one to six, five years ago. Oh no, six years ago. He um so he's Italian. So we were in Italy in his hometown. And we went for a drive and he was like, Oh, this is a beautiful spot. Um, and let's go for a walk and just sort of got down on one knee overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. Um and there was nobody around, but he knew that there was nobody around. So he was like, 
he had asked me to bring a tripod and I'd like never bring a tripod. <laughs> so he'd like had it in the trunk. So he like, we could take pictures afterward. And I was like, I don't know, but I was in such shock because literally 30 minutes before that we'd been having lunch and he was talking about like home decor at my apartment. Like we didn't live together. And I was like, why are you talking about my house? It's not like we live together. Like you, it's like my own place. Like stop trying to like put your taste on my house or my apartment. And he's like, okay, like, Cool. But of course, we like lived together a year later. <laughs> so very, very, very shocked. Um, and he had designed it himself um, and had had it hidden in my apartment, actually, uh, for months before proposing. So that's my that's a great story. What, what was um, his hometown in Italy? It's called Modugno. It's near Bari. It's oh, the wow. heel of the boot in Puglia. Oh, I've been dying so, to go to Puglia. <gasps> I love Puglia. You should go in the summertime. It's gorgeous. It's so under the radar. The beaches are just relaxing. The water is beautiful. And then you like finish swimming and then you eat amazing food. Hopefully this oh, summer <laughs> will be allowed. <laughs> uh, no, I get the benefit of having a family over there. Yeah. So we, we do get to go. That's amazing. Year. So I know. And then, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that was it in Puglia. And then on my right hand is, so I have this one, it's like a delicate chain here with like just a couple like little diamonds. But ever since I was in high school, um, when I was like, mom, I want to wear like really nice jewelry, I think. And my mom found this like little braided, it was white gold and yellow gold braided uh, chain bracelet that her mother had given to her. And she was like, it was too delicate for her at that point. She was like an adult. She's like, okay, you can wear it. So I wore that all through high school into college until it was delicate. It snapped and broke. So my mom was like, oh no, like you need a new one. So she got me this one. And this one has been on me since, goodness, yeah, like sophomore year of college. So wow. 20, oh, what's that? 20 years. Um, and I'm sure that if and when it snaps and breaks, we'll get another one. Um, and I can't wait for when I decide I don't want to wear delicate bracelets anymore to give this to my daughters. That's so sweet. I love yeah. that. And I love so how always, this one never comes off. Like I would take <laughs> off my wedding ring and my engagement ring. But because this is just so like it's just a non it's just so easy and light. I never like I never take it off. If I get like even if I get like a manicure or a massage, it still stays on. So um that's awesome. I love when jewelry just becomes like a part of you and you don't have to take it off and it's just like there always. <laughs> I feel completely naked without it. I, yeah. I couldn't even tell you the last time I took it off. I was probably when I had to go and, you know, give birth to my daughter. It was like the only time and I just felt like it was so weird. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm missing something. Yeah. And when you look down on these pieces of jewelry, there's like so much more meaning than something beautiful and sparkly. Right. Which I love beautiful and sparkly. And I think jewelry also, you know, it's a jewelry is another form of self-expression. And I love the fact that, you know, it's just like changing it up and then you change like how you feel and what you're projecting. And that's, you know, like there's that jewelry and then there's like core jewelry that's like, you know, like deeply personal and part of you. There's like mm -hmm. part of you and then extension of you. Jewelry. Definitely. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun. I loved chatting with you. Can you tell everyone where they can follow, purchase, any calls to action? Sure. Our website is furyou.com, F-U-R-Y-O-U. 
um, or just follow fur underscore you on Instagram. And I'm at Lillian Tong on Instagram, but that's a bunch of content for you. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was so great chatting. That was such an informative episode. I had actually never given much thought to my pubic hair, even talking about it or taking care of it. And I feel like I have a newfound respect and curiosity for that neglected region. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys found it fun and educational too. Check out Lillian's amazing body care products at furyou.com. 